Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the truth seekers out there. I have on two special guests for this morning's Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll start with Queen. I have Casey Bennings. How you doing, Queen? Thank you for being with with us on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, if you will, say hello to the Truth Seekers. We also have another guest to keep it follow. Thank you, King, for being with us. But, Queen, we'll start with you, if you will. Again, say hello and give a little bit of your background, and we'll go to Akiba. Thank you for being oh. with us, Queen. Oh. Good morning, everyone. My name is Casey Bing. I am out of Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a co-founder and executive director of HEY, uh, which stands for Health and Empower Youth. And... Um, I'm just excited to be here. I've been in nonprofit and community organizing and community development work for the last 20 years here um, in Atlanta, and um, I'm passionate about making sure our young people have what they need to succeed. So thanks again for allowing me to be here. Now, thank you for being with us, Queen. And Akiva, you are a returning guest. Thank you, King, for being back with us, if you will. Uh, You are the founder of Young Black Entrepreneurs, uh, which I was fortunate enough to be in your latest issue, so thank you, King, for that. Let me start with that, if you will. I really, really do appreciate that. Uh, a lot of the Mental Dialogue uh, truth seekers, if you will, uh, they've been giving me a lot of props. Uh, you had me looking good out there, so thanks a lot, King, for that. If I could, again, <laughs> just make that little side note. Uh, but, again, thank okay. you for returning. But if you will, give a little more of your background, and you can even reference anything in, in reference to this morning's discussion question. We'll let the cat out the bag for those who haven't seen any of the advertisements. But if you will, just give a little bit of your background. Uh, before we let them know what the okay. discussion question is this morning. 
Okay. Well, my name is Okiva Jabalo, and thank you for having me again. Um, I own Young Black Entrepreneur Magazine, in which we're six years in, 23 issues down. It's a quarterly publication. That's a, uh, We've transitioned to a, a digital platform, full digital. And because of the shift of media, the shift of con- media consumption, we're all digital. Um, I'm also a brand expert in regards to uh, branding, marketing for a number of different companies, small businesses, big businesses. So I have an agency that specializes on, you know what I'm saying, like helping small businesses move into that digital space. We've been doing that for over 20 years, about 25 years. And also I'm a fine artist, so I put on art shows, I curate shows, I have an exhibition called the Atlanta Exhibition in which we um, showcase some of the top talent in Atlanta. And I'm also in the community, like knee deep. I um, have an internship group called the Wolfpack in which we work with different um, different universities and colleges, everything from Georgia State to Clark Atlanta to Spelman to Morehouse to uh, Georgia Southern. Um, basically giving these young students the real-world experience that their overpriced tuition really isn't providing for them at all. So that's like the short version of the professional side. But the um, pertaining to the show this morning, I had the opportunity to interview Mayor Bottoms last week. I have a, a series that's coming out called The uh, War Against the Water Boys. And it was a lot of dancing. It was a lot of dancing. You know how you ask a specific question and you get every answer except for the answer to your question. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, so. So the piece that we're uh, releasing in our August newsletter is basically like acknowledging what the problem is, but also what the solution is. Because I feel like if you're going to talk about the problem, you have to be willing to speak about the solution. Because otherwise you're just complaining. You know what I'm saying? So that's the angle we're coming from. Now, I love it. You are a man of action. You are a man of solutions. From um, As I've been getting to know you, I've been enjoying getting to know you and following your work. Um, you know, if you, if you haven't understood that, for anybody out there listening, you are talking to a 2020 Renaissance man when it comes to Akiba Kibalo. Uh, again, so thanks a lot for being with us, King. Let's go ahead and tell him this morning's discussion question. If you are a first-time listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, I, again, I go by the name, a.k.a. Black Socrates, so we take the Socratic method with any question, any topic that we choose to discuss. And so we try to ask the right questions to get to the right answers. And this this morning's discussion is simply, what should be done about the ATL water boards? What should be done about the ATL water boards? We will definitely get into and highlight, in a sense, all of the issues that are associated with discussion here in Atlanta. For those outside of Atlanta, uh, I, I don't know how prevalent it is in other cities. I can only imagine in a time like this that um, the youth are finding other ways to be entrepreneurship and and possibly doing it in other cities. Um, but it has definitely become a prevalent issue if you are, again, outside of Atlanta. For those in Atlanta, it's very prevalent for all of us. We'll get into that discussion. Um, the way I like to start before we go to our our first break, um, it's pretty simple. This morning's question is pretty simple. Sometimes we word the question a little tricky, but this one's pretty obvious. Um, Casey, if you will, I'm going to shoot back to you, Queen, and just a real quick answer, if you will, and it's basically when you hear that question, what's the first thought that comes to mind or when you see that that's how we were promoting it for this morning's show? I just want the initial thought, not not too much what's the next thought after that. I just like to always capture mm-hmm. our guests. 
first initial thought when they hear our discussion question. So when I ask you what should be done about the ATL Water Boys, what's the first thought that pops in your mind? People who have not been engaging with young people need to get out of the way and let those of us who are doing the work do it. Great first thought. I'm going to shoot that question right back to you, uh, Akiva Spalo, if you will. Thanks again for being with us. Uh, first thought when you hear the question mm-hmm. worded that way. I would say the first thought is that we have to deal with the origin of the disease because the boys being out there is a symptom. So it's not the disease. So the the uh, disease is going to be the parents, grandparents, uncles, and aunts who are underemployed or unemployed. And when you fix that, then you then the symptoms become less. You know what I'm saying? So we got to deal with what the true sickness is. And that true sickness is that Atlanta has ongoingly um, not serviced a certain portion of this community. And now they're seeing the symptoms of that. Nah, fair enough. Um, I actually had one of my members, um, Casey, I think you are familiar with the fact I've been doing my best to uh, help you <laughs> and Mark Boyle. We got to give him a tribute because, again, you are the executive yeah, director for Mark Boyle's um, yeah, organization, Hey, Helping Empower Youth. And, um, you know, I've been well, trying to get out there it with you. So it's, it's both of us. No, respect. Okay, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, I want to make sure, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. My, my, yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, but yeah, either way, yeah, both of y'all started. Yeah, both of y'all started. And you, yeah, and I've been trying to go out with them. And I went out a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm bad luck. The last few times I've come out, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the police have swept them, so I haven't got a chance to talk oh, to the boys. And actually, I've been month. out there a few times. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I already know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah absolutely, absolutely. But with that said, we're going to go to our first initial break. When we come back, we're going to get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question. What should be done about the ATL Water Boys? We will open up the phone lines as well. Uh, we encourage, especially those in Atlanta, to even call in and give their personal experiences. Because with every story, there's two sides to it, and that's what we do on Mental Dialogue. We specialize in talking about discussions from both sides of it. So we will be doing that. All I ask is that you think we'll be right back. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com, 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Call them at 404-465-4348. 
Some community members are outraged about the recent arrests of the so-called water boys. And dozens held a protest today at Martin Luther King Jr. Drive and Westlake. CBS 46's Brittany Edney joins us from there live with more on their message. Brittany. Rick, you may have seen them at busy intersections just like this one. Young men selling bottled water. Well, there was a protest today. In fact, there's still a sign left from that protest where dozens gathered today to actually sell bottled water in support of those young men's opponents of these water boys say that they are too aggressive. But those in uh, support of them say that they are outraged that the city is arresting young black men for selling water instead of looking for a solution to address this situation. It's one that they add is happening during an unprecedented time and tough economy. We spoke to one man who was arrested along with the protester this afternoon. Both say it should have never gotten to this point and it all could have been handled differently. When you look at what's going on in Minnesota, when you look at what's going on in Brunswick, Georgia, uh, having this young man arrested and the way they arrested him, there was no warning. Uh, this guy's been on this corner. I've seen him at least four years, and no other police officer has ever arrested him. So why did this officer see fit uh, to feel like he needed to arrest him? Conversations and dialogues are happening at a city level with proposals happening by some of members of a task force about creating a youth vendor program to address this. Reporting live in Atlanta, and Brittany Yadney, CBS 46 News. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest on the line with me this morning, Casey Vennins, as well as Akibo Jabalo, for this morning's discussion question. What should be done about the ATL water boards, as you hear a CBS 46 cut in reference to a young man being arrested? A lot of things in that cut. Uh, one thing that stood out to me for anybody out here getting abreast to what we're talking about, a uh, young man who had been arrested been on the corner for, in a sense, four years. Um, this issue has kind of kind of hit the – come to a, 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 a groundswell, if you will, because it seems like recently during the pandemic, if you will, you, there's been an influx of kids. So uh, I've talked to again, some of my members. They were kind of like, where did he come from all of a sudden? I'm like, I've been here for 15 years. I've seen it for years. That young, So it's not abnormal to see a kid who's had that hustle for a long time, but there is an influx, if you will, right now. Akiba, I'm going to start with you um, in reference to even the cut mentioning, in a sense, a task force being put together. You haven't recently talked to Mayor Bottom specifically about this issue. So just any thoughts about any part of that cut where you want to go, or you can even just jump into maybe even aspects of, uh, what the mayor had to say, um, because uh-huh. when I understand, you know, somebody, a council member reached out to her as an initiative to, in a sense, put a stop to this long standing, um, you know, thing I've seen, like I said, for years since I've been in Atlanta, I've seen it for years. But go ahead, King. All right. All right. So I'd say, um, you know, before we went to break, like I said, one of the biggest problems is the reality that Atlanta has underserved a portion of Atlanta's community, which would be the poor black community. And this current state that we're in with the uh, pandemic or pandemic or whatever we want to call it, in addition to a weakened economy, that just revealed what's already been the move of action, which has been gentrification. So the plan was just to move this population out of Atlanta anyway. 
So now they're stuck in a situation where now you have to deal with something that you never dealt with in a holistic and honest and transparent and healthy way. So these kids aren't out there because they don't have anything else to do with their time. You know, so one of the points that the mayor kept dancing around and making is that they're so concerned about the safety of these kids because it's such a dangerous thing to say these young kids are out here, you know, in traffic. And I had to point out to her, like, look, before they get to the street corner, they've already dodged five to six different layers of danger from gang relations to hunger to abuse to no parents or um, few parents being in a household to a poor school system that Atlanta has been responsible for. So you've already created a situation where they have to play Frogger in order for them to even get to this street corner to feed themselves and to contribute to their household. So as y'all know, some of these kids are making anywhere from 30 bucks to 300 bucks. Some of the kids that I speak to and work with. So if you're going to replace that with an entrepreneurship program, when you can't even put together a functional school program, first off, that's the, that's the one of the most important things. The city of Atlanta can't even put together a functional schooling system. So now you're telling me that all of a sudden you're going to take money out of their pockets and put them into this so-called entrepreneurship program, which is just going to be facilitated by the same group of people who can't even do the basic things in this community. So it's really just a smoke screen. It's smoke and mirrors. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not really dealing with the need. And the need comes back to saying, how do you fix the community, the parents, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts, employment, entrepreneurship support, you fix that. And then these kids will have something to rely on at home. So just going straight to them, isn't going to going to deal with it. Cause like I said, that's a symptom. That's not really dealing with the disease. It's like you having cancer and you got a bad cough and somebody wanting to give you cough medicine. That's just not going to fix it. Strong thoughts. If you're out there listening, you now clearly understand why this is more than an Atlanta issue, if you will. Uh, obviously, we're based out of Atlanta. This is a national show, uh, but it was worthy worthy of bringing to attention because of, as you hear, uh, our guest Akiba brings so much to the table in reference to this particular issue at this particular time. Casey, uh, I know Mark, in, in my working with him, we've done some Zoom calls trying to connect him to other community leaders. He's kind of been giving us updates on those council meetings, uh, if they can actually have any teeth in them, if you will, I don't know if you've actually been to them, but if you could even just speak to that, because I know y'all are watching it very closely uh, with the Mm -hmm. hopes of being, you know, that boots on the ground level organization that if some money do come down, you know, some of it goes into the right hands because from what I understand, there's been a a boatload of money uh, laid out for, for example, for the Atlanta workforce program, which is directed at teenagers. Mm-hmm. But I guess at the last council meeting, there was a big discussions over where is that money and where did it go? Uh, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised when you start putting money in government hands to handle these type of issues. Uh, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, I know, again, y'all are boots on the ground, and I definitely order whatever role we can play to make sure the money goes to those like yourself who are touching the kids daily. Uh, just please, you know, just kind of speak on that in general, if you will, because, again, I know y'all are watching that closely. Yeah. Um, A lot of um, what became public knowledge is uh, me really starting um, a Facebook uh, Live every single day. And every day I asked for accountability. Every day I called out those who were on the task force, even before we knew who was on the task force. That was my biggest question. 
um, somehow or another, my lives got shared to um, some of those who worked in the mayor's office and who worked on the task force, and I began to receive emails and phone calls um, because now I'm kind of like rocking the boat a little bit. And um, until I, and I can't say it was just me, but after I started making the live, then the press release went out of all of the folks who were on the task force, although the task force supposedly was convened almost two to three months ago. Um, so once we realized that, I continued to put the pressure on them. Um, so much so that it was easier for them to keep me close and to make sure that I knew what was happening as things were happening, even before the recommendations went public on yesterday. My concern is part of what you brought up, is that Workforce Atlanta, which does have a teen youth program, um, it is a teen job program, and I need us to be very careful about our language. Entrepreneurship and getting teen jobs are two different things. So which is it that you want to nurture, them just off the street, getting a part-time job, or you want to build this entrepreneurial spirit that's in them? Those are two separate things. So one, we need clarity about what is it that you want to do. Workforce is not an entrepreneurship program. And they tripped off over a million dollars that the city had to send back to D.C. because they couldn't mm-hmm. fill out the application correctly. So Amen. <laughs> this last mm. city council meeting gives them back $2 million. I'm very mm-hmm. confused as to what is it that we really want to do. Transparent, bottom line, they want them off the street, but there is no real plan to engage them, which is why mm-hmm. organizations like mine and Mark and, and Hayne is dedicated to making sure that we fill in the gap. And so what we've been doing, if you want to talk about money and why it's necessary for us to stay funded, on any given day, we are taking five to six to seven hundred dollars to pay them out, to buy out their inventory, to make sure that twenty young black men have money in their pocket to keep from busting somebody's head wide open or breaking into your house or your car. And so we've taken that upon ourselves because back to this brother's uh, comment earlier that the the problem is not them being out on the corner, the problem is why they have to be out on the corner. And I think it's irresponsible of us as adults as city members, as as the mayor, whoever, to say, pull them off the street until we figure out what's comfortable for us, and in the meantime, we'll just hope for the best. Absolutely not, because I take these young men home. I have seen where they live. I have seen inside their apartments. I have one time been turned around by the SWAT team because I cannot even get into the apartment complex because four shootings happened in 36 hours. So to tell me that they just going to sit home and twiddle their thumbs until we decide as a city entity what is the best course of action to stick them in a part-time job or unpaid entrepreneurship, you're going to see a rise in crime and you're going to see another mm-hmm. problem. And if y'all think that I've been a pain in their ass before, wait till that happens. Mm-hmm. I love the passion, Queen. Um, obviously, you've given it to us ground level. Um, again, I, I've been fortunate enough to go out there a few times myself with Mark, and you're absolutely right. You're speaking to it absolutely firsthand. I'll say secondhand in making the few relationships I've been able to make with the young boys. That was uh, one of the things that stood out to me, you know, was the couple that were sharing, in a sense, you know, so the why they were out there. And there were definitely mm-hmm. some that were out there that were clearly, as Keeper was kind of alluded to, they were clearly 
um, enjoying some of the money for themselves, but some that actually felt an obligation to bring some of that money home yeah. based on their home situations. And, and even, you know, coming up, being abreast of that. And I, and, it wasn't a, and I assumed that was part of it, but to hear it firsthand, just it makes it really hit home. And it makes you mm-hmm. look at it different because I will tell you, again, as this has become um, pushed in the media, uh, there are definitely people, and we want to hear y'all's story, so let me go ahead and open up the phone lines as well. For anybody out there, if you want to get in on this morning's discussion, you can call in. The number to call in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. So I do definitely want to open it up because, again, as this is becoming public knowledge, I've definitely run into public sentiment that says, oh, we got to get them off the corner. Uh, it's dangerous. They're being rude. They're being aggressive. And I will tell you, you know, when Mark, which took, I think he took the perfect approach. When we first, I remember the first time we went out there, we went over to, just in the highlights there, we went over to Edgewood Pieces, black-owned co- company. We go over there, pick up several pieces, pieces. It was my first time going with the market, been going out at that time. I think it was going, at that time, he was going out once a week. Now y'all are out there every day. So it's definitely have ramped mm-hmm. it up as the city has pushed this initiative more. Y'all have met the demand by going out there daily. More power to y'all. I still try to swing out there once a week myself. Yeah. But anyway, the very first time I went, I noticed he gives out the pizza, and there's really not a lot of involvement because he was still building that rapport. And mm-hmm. when I talked to Mark specifically, at the time, he says, this is what you have to do. He said, because he says, I'm not the first organization to come out here, but he's seen other organizations come out there and start directing the kids, and the kids don't know them. So Mark, right. smartly, slowly would mm-hmm. just go out, and they just got used to him being there. So they didn't take anything, no along with Mark being there, whoever he brought with right. him, which, you know, and I ended up going out a few other weeks. And so by that second or third week I'm with them, that's when we could start talking. And I remember, and I'll say this and I'll let you jump in, um, but I remember that third time um, they had got to the piece of box so fast that they just, they just put them in, they just put them out there on the street. And I say, Mark, I say, you know, we don't want our trash to add to it. And it was the first time we said, hey, well, at least not our stuff. And it was kind of the first time we were able to say, make sure the area is clean when you leave, because that had been one of the nuisances. I'd seen people taking pictures even going as far as taking pictures to say, hey, these kids are leaving all the water bottles out there. And I know y'all have taken control of your corners to where the kids are not doing that. So I'm, I'm saying a lot because, again, it involves two sides of it, but, but, though, but there are plenty of people who are still upset and saying, one, it's dangerous for kids, but they're more concerned about their behavior. So any thoughts on that uh, for you, Casey, mm-hmm. then I'll bring it back to Akiva. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah. Yeah, so the behavior is a direct result of competition. Um, right now, kind of the quote on the street is, whoever can touches the money is the one who keeps it. So if you are less aggressive than your, your colleague, your peer, your counterpart out there, you're going to go home with less. Now, that maybe isn't a big deal to most people, but for some of those young men, that is the difference between them being able to help contribute to the rent getting paid for that month, light staying on, food being on the table, and if they don't hit their goal, what we see is um, the manifestation of frustration of not hitting the goal and understanding what the implications are. 
So we're not just seeing young men who are unruly, don't listen, don't have any discipline. This is straight survival for most of them. So a lot of what you see in the aggressiveness and in the behavior is simply if I don't hit my goals, it's a possibility that my family is going to be impacted by what I do not bring at home. And the other part of my job is I'm in mental health. People seem to forget that our brains are not fully developed until we are 25 years old. So while some people mature and grow a little faster, a little earlier, the grand majority of people, and I know some 40-year-olds not grown yet, your brain is not fully developed until you are 25. So you are expecting a 16-year-old who has been failed by the academic system failed by the city, in instances failed by their family who's out there trying to survive to remember, oh, my bad, you don't like me touching your car, let me back up. And so, again, it's not about making an excuse. I just want to put in context what we are experiencing. We're not experiencing thugs and, and, you know, villains and violent people. We are experiencing aggressiveness Surely for the fact that they are thinking about what happens when I don't go home with enough money to make sure that the need that my family is counting on me to meet gets met. And that is what you're seeing. You don't see boys just out there acting up because they have no reason to. That coupled with they don't always have a fully functioning thought process and they have a survival skill that is being um, attacked every single day, you're going to see what we're seeing. But it goes back to relationships. Just like you said, Montoya, we're out there every single day. When they know Miss Casey's voice changed, everything stops. They will pass on the dollar when I say, no, nope, we need to regroup, come here now. And that is what they do because they know at the end of the day, I'm still going to make sure they get taken care of. When I tell them you're doing too much, they fall back. When I say, I'm going to need you to go take a walk, young man, you, you're a little too amped, a little too high, he goes, he takes a walk, he comes back, he gets regrouped. But the problem is, to an earlier point, you can't just come and tell them what to do, and they've never seen you before. Then you have an attitude exactly. when you're saying it. You're telling them that they're wrong. You aren't giving them any solutions. And then you say to me, well, I tried, and they didn't listen. Your kids don't listen to you the first time you say it, and they in your house. <laughs> what makes you think that these young men on the corner are going to stop and pay attention to you when you already coming from a place of just trying to get them together because you, you they're kids and you're an adult. They pay and sag it, Casey. Yeah, we they, they, we get trying to get, get at least at least they can pull their yeah at least at least they can pull their pants I, up you know that's how they coming at it. that's how they coming at it since I was thirteen years old if y'all ain't exactly, seeing exactly. red and blue and white boxes by now then I don't know what to tell you y'all need to move past that point and as they grow the pants come up but the part exactly is and that's what's been happening with y'all work maturity yes no nah, absolutely we're actually and up to get the break so let me run this break. Now we good. I'm gonna let people come out of the break. Uh, for the callers, you do have to press one. We have somebody press one. Please press it again, and you'll be able to get in on this morning's discussion. You're listening to the Method Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Got a little cut from our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment. New cut by Taylor Place called Little Mama. Get a little taste of that. We'll come with a cut from Atlanta 46 again, and we'll get to the couple of callers that we have coming out of the break after we hear from Akiba. We'll be right back. All I ask. Is that you think?
traffic I'm with you, it's magic, I gotta have it Oh yeah Girl, you're vicious and intense In a sexy kind of way Your perfect skin and your gorgeous face Brightens up and dark you say The mama Girl, you're down yet so fly You really do it for me Girl, I can't even lie Got an appetite for love When can a brother swing through The mama's so delicious And I got a taste for you The mama The mama licious Little mama So delicious Mama licious Five fingers in the room when you walk in All the ladies get insecure Knowing they can't you think you're superficial, but I think that's a lie. Miss all the shots you don't take, I'm gonna go for mine. Girl, you're vicious and intense, in a sexy kind of way. You're perfect skin and you're gorgeous face. Drive through Atlanta. Chances are you've seen those kids selling bottled water at various intersections. They seem to be everywhere. And now one prominent city leader is calling on the mayor to stop the activity after some aggressive and violent incidents involving the kids. It's dangerous, too. CBS 46 is Adam Murphy live on the 17th Street Bridge with all sides of this developing story for us. Adam. Good evening, Rick. We have seen several kids out here most of the day at 17th Street selling water on a hot day. And at one point, we even saw Atlanta police come out here and work with the kids to make sure they were going about it safely. At the intersection of 17th and Spring, you'll find kids selling water to drivers on a hot summer day. But lately, many people have complained to city leaders about the kids being too aggressive and sometimes violent. Is not okay. This cell phone video seen online shows a kid throwing a water bottle at a car after the driver declined the offer. But I really think the activity just has to stop. Atlanta City Council President Felicia Moore said enough is enough. Now the police have responded to a string of violent incidents during the past six months. There have been reports of kids assaulting drivers and even firing guns. It's bad for the kids. I don't want the kids in harm's way, and I don't want the kids in a situation where they can harm someone else. So it's bad on both sides. Moore has asked the mayor to consider an executive order to stop the activity. She is also asking drivers to no longer purchase the water. Plus, Atlanta police have started engaging with the kids to share other job opportunities available to them. It's not going to work because they're going to get out there and do it anyway. And Community so. activist and former city council member Derek Bozeman opposes the idea of banning water sales. He said more than 90% of the kids are just trying to help support their families. You should be at their homes when they're trying to struggle to put food on the table, and then you might understand a little bit better why they're out there in the first place. Now, the mayor's office responded to this issue today saying, quote, Several weeks ago, Mayor Bottoms issued an administrative order to convene an advisory council comprised of community members and partners to develop strategies to help promote youth entrepreneurship within the city. And it's expected when council returns from their recess on August 3rd, there will be some recommendations. We're live in Midtown Atlanta, Adam Murphy, CBS 46 News. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, what should be done about the ATL Water Boys? Special guest, Casey Finnan, 
from Hey, helping empower you, as well as Akiba Jabalo from Young Black Entrepreneurs, who recently interviewed Mayor Bottoms about this issue. Akiba said, come for the break, we're come to you in reference to um, what you're hearing in the cut. A lot of what Casey said. Go ahead, King, your thoughts uh, before we go to the college. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things where Atlanta continues to ignore the disease, and I'm going to stay on that. You know what I mean? Where if you've underprivileged, underserviced a community, the symptoms that make their way away from the disease is a real thing, but you have to deal with the disease. So dealing with these classes, dealing with these entrepreneurship programs, and all that sounds good as a sound bite, sound clip. You know what I'm saying? But if you're not going to deal with the reality of the problem, it's not going to get better. And like the sister said earlier, what's going to happen is that when you take this away, then you replace it with other forms of crime. That's what you're going to replace it with because you're dealing with kids who don't have, one, they don't have the skill set to problem solve because of the poor schooling that they've received while the level of desperation that they're coming from. So we want, as adults who are far removed from a situation, it all sounds good because we want it to say, oh, well, they shouldn't be so aggressive. Oh, they shouldn't do this. They should, As they say that from the comfort of their homes, the comfort of their full refrigerator, the comfort of their nine to five where that direct deposit hits regardless, you can say that then. But if you're not going to deal with the reality of the situations that they're dealing with, it's just a muted cause, and that's a problem. I've had meetings with uh, Felicia Moore. We've had a call and a long discussion about it, and there's such a disconnect from the reality of the situation. So we sit here and say, oh, they shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. But you're not providing any real alternatives for their parents, for their brothers, for their sisters, for their aunts and uncles and grandmothers. A lot of these kids are staying with their grandparents, 5, 10, 15 people in one house. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not going to acknowledge what that is, all that is is just a glossed over version of the fact that we really don't want to do anything and we aren't going to do anything because these same incompetent people that we're putting in charge of these so-called task force, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're not going to pull like the sister and brother who's doing it in the community with their own kitchen table money, if you're not going to pull them into the play, it's not going to happen with your government employees and all your Jack and Jill brown paper bag friends. It's not going to happen that way because they don't know what the hell they're doing first off. That's why everything's in a mess anyway. You know what I mean? So you have to deal with the, the root problem. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not, you're just, you're just dancing. Like I said, the way the man was dancing when I was interviewing. It's just dancing. That's all it is. If those, and let I me say this one more thing. Let me say this one more thing. No, please, go ahead. One more thing. If, those, ahead, yeah, if those were white kids, if those were white kids, this whole situation would be different. If those were white girls, this whole situation would be different. But as black boys, we criminalize our black boys to the point where they're seen as less than human anyway. So that's why it's so easy to disregard this whole situation. If those were some white boys, Atlanta would be moving about this in a whole different way. Strong thoughts, Kings. Let's see what the callers. we got a few callers, so we're going to go to the callers, and we'll get um, our guests, special guest thoughts you know, on what the callers have to say. Area code four four last three zero zero eight. Give us your name, Hello. where you're calling from, and your three cents. Yes, can you hear me? You're live on the air. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're Hello. coming through loud and clear. I'll, yep. You cannot hear me. All right. My, Hello. Can I'm you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yeah, you're live Hello. on the air right now. Go ahead with your talk. I guess All you right. cannot uh, hear me. I don't know if you can. 
first of all, I'd like to say thank you all uh, for having for having this. Um, I'm Officer Griggs. Um, I'm the founder and executive director of the Great Street Street Academy. Um, I had the opportunity to initially be out there with some of the water boys, but I want to say, forget what they were talking about, I want to commend the brother that was just on. Um, I do work for the county in a capacity I do not want to speak on now, but uh, I, for 25 years, been working in the community. The brother that was just speaking is spot on. He just said it. There's a disease that's going around out of the community, and nobody's saying it, and it's not just COVID-19. And, 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 and until they address that, until they follow the money and find out why we're not putting any emphasis into the, the, the infrastructure of our community, we're building Atlanta up through through buildings and brick and mortar, but we're not investing in these kids, and this is the results of it. I, I don't have to say much. What, what I wanted to say, the young brother just before this said it all. We got I appreciate that. No, no, no. Listen, young man, I'm, 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 I'm through this. I've been doing this, and I'm, my body is wearing down, and I'm getting to the point where I almost can't do this no more, and I feel so energized after hearing this young man speak, because I have no idea who he was. I, have, I, I was invited to this, this, this forum by somebody that works with me. Thank you for coming. All right, I'm a, I'm, a juvenile, I'm a juvenile probation officer, but that's just my job and how I take care of my family. They hired me to do that job because I worked in the community, not because I applied for it. All right? I've been working mm-hmm. in the community. We've got to make sure that these grassroots organizations, like that brother said, they're going to be somebody at the table. Let me mention, they're getting ready to have one somebody, and they ain't going to like it. So they invited me just recently to be a part of a task force. I know they don't want me down there because I know what's going on. I know where the money is being spent. I know how they done shut down all these uh, recreation centers and these programs, and you're not even doing any Zoom programs with the kids. So where is that money being going? Where is the money going from the, the uh, 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 community development? Oh, it's so much money being spent. And like the brother said, up in Johns Creek, it ain't being spent like that. It ain't being spent that way. These kids are coming up in communities. I'm working with kids that are helping, that are part of their family income. Not all of, all of them out there doing the wrong thing. They just trying to hustle like they've been taught to hustle. So if we got all these black people in, in metropolitan Atlanta that are bragging about how good they done, come share and show these kids how to get where you've been. I got a saying, the more you know, the more you owe. Get off your ass and come to help us with these kids. Uh-huh. We're always bragging uh-huh. about Atlanta. I love it. I'm, and I'm going to be quiet because I be done got in trouble. I'm starting to get chill bumps, but I'm, I'm glad y'all just... I love the passion. Love the passion, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know nothing about... Stop, Mingo. I don't know nothing about how the social media thing was working. Their brother invited me. I didn't know how to get on there. All I saw was the phone. I said, Lord, let me get through because I think these young kings and queens are doing some stuff. If I can be of any assistance, I teach violence as a disease as opposed to a social issue. I teach these young kids that they're infected with social HIV. I call it hood disease. And if you don't deal with hood disease, it's going to turn to full-blown AIDS, addiction to incarceration and the death syndrome. They're either going to die and go to jail. Just Google my name, Bruce W. Griggs. Uh, Montoya got my number. I want to help y'all. I want to help y'all. Yeah, we'll y'all get you on connected. Point. Thank you, y'all on point. Y'all on point. No, 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 no. Thank you so much. Listen, I, I, somebody else, I, I don't like to take it up because I used to be a talk show host. I've run. A talk, I, I, I've been doing this. So let me let other people get in. But I just want to commend you young people for doing the work, for doing the work. I Thank just came you, back from being, 
from being on tour with John Lewis, who's a personal friend and mentor of mine. I don't know if you saw that big giant card that was going all over the country with him, the big sympathy card. Well, that's me and my organization, mm-hmm. what we did toward, toward, toward my mentor. But I want to get involved in what y'all doing because we got some little John Lewis's that are in the Atlanta community that we're going to end up mm-hmm. putting them, trying to put them in jail for selling water. Come on, man. Do mm-hmm. you know the entrepreneurial spirit? I got some little boys that I'm dealing with that's 15 years old that got grown men selling dope for them. Bro, he mm-hmm. can run a he could he could run a he could run a Fortune 500 company in a few years if we guide him right. Yeah, if we guide him right. King. We actually up against the break. Uh, I, I because we definitely gave we gave you a little time. I appreciate Brother Mustafa for introducing us. I will get you connected to Casey and Mark and Akiba. Uh, any role I can play in connecting people, that's what we try to do with the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I appreciate your three cents very much this morning. We are against the break. Thank you very much, King. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go, and everywhere I be, be, I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me, cause I look like money, smell like money, talk like money, even walk like money. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, what should be done with the ATL Water Board? Special guest Casey Benning from Hay, helping empower youth, as well as Akiba Tabalo from why young black entrepreneurs, amongst many other things that brother does. Uh, we got plenty of calls on the line, so we're going to um, thank um, Brother Greg for calling in on the last um, hour and basically saying he loves what y'all are doing. I can, I'm pretty much, I can imagine if he's been at it for 25 years, it, it's definitely refreshing to hear, um, in a sense, people taking the reins. Let's go to Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis. Hey, Brother Pierre, I got other callers, so we're going to keep them quick today. How you? Thanks a lot for calling in. Give us your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Well, you want you got, when you have important topics, you always want to keep them quick. You got these hour-long quote on topics. Shame on you. 
But the activity that you're witnessing is called hawking. And in the countries I've been in in Africa, you have the same thing going on, and the individuals that's doing it are called hawking. And I don't see anything wrong with it. But what the city should do, and people should get these young people licensed, peddlers licensed. They can cost a dollar. That way they can't be harassed by the police and you stop bribing. Then get them a reflective vest so they can be safe. But look at the other areas that they could be doing, too, not only the water or washing windshields, but storefront windows. You can have a crew, a little little gig doing that, uh, doing cityscape, painting parking meters, painting the fire hydrants. In other countries, I see where they sell these little fruit baskets, little fruit boxes. That's something good. You call them water boys there in Atlanta. In St. Louis, they was called sock boys, where they were selling surplus socks. The lady made mention about surplus. Mm-hmm. It's a business that's selling surplus. It can become the next Alibaba. And, uh, you know, the thing that I hate about this is that how the media always put the color of the skin when it fits their narrative. That needs to stop. And one gentleman, no, that does happen to whites, too. The lemonade stands. I've seen where white kids have been ran off the front of their line selling lemonade. But they, people come back and they solve their problem because you don't want to stop young people from using the entrepreneur spirit. What they learn at doing that selling the water bottles, washing windows, or whatever they're doing that's legal, you're providing them with an opportunity to learn more, get the gist of it. They can even create networks amongst each other. And what they will become is a threat to other businesses, which is all right because it's called competition. Another point, in New York, they had the same thing now, brother, see, with street vendors. I'm letting other people go in there. You're going to go to Real all quick, this is my last one. This is my last one. This is my number one caller, y'all. So this, is very, one point. Go ahead, this is very important. All right, go this ahead, is very important. This is very important. Please jump in New York, oh, like you see with, with Eric Gardner, you had people doing the same thing on the sidewalks. But the Koreans formed the Korean Association, got a hold of Mayor Dinkins, and then he brought police down the street on horseback to running them off. So what they're doing is important, and uh, you should let it stay like that, I think. Thank you. Thank you for the thoughts, King. Nice. No, absolutely, King. Uh, Any thoughts from what y'all are hearing on Brother Pianchi before I go to the next caller? Let me get a response from both of you, uh, Casey. And I'll start with you, Casey. Yeah. He absolutely is right. Um, That is part of what we are doing with the young men that we work with. Um, They know that when they're out there with us, they must have on vests. We have purchased vests for them. We've also purchased Mm -hmm. neon-colored T-shirts so that they can be brightly seen, but also uniformed, which is us um, at, you know, the beginning stages of teaching them teamwork and that what your brother does impacts you. So when they see each other looking alike and looking uniform, it begins to reinforce that idea for them. Um, Also, we've had some of our young men um, join other jobs, so whether it's going to do landscaping um, for the day or helping um, an older woman clean out the garage, the priority for them is making money. The water sales was just a quick, low inventory, low lift way for them to be able to do that. And, you know, personally, I don't think that they should stop doing that. I agree. I, the one point I want to make about the permits, it would be easy to get them for them if the city wanted them to have them. So City Hall is closed. 
And even though we have made suggestions, can we do a drive-through application? Can we do an online application? Can you come and set something up? At least start with our particular corner that we've adopted. We've heard nothing. And so, yes, permits would be the easy answer because I love them, but Nation of Islam is on the street every single day. Ain't nobody bothering them. You see people selling T-shirts and turtles and some of everything else on the corner. So if they wanted them to have permits, <laughs> they would have them. I just leave it at that. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I appreciate his uh sentiment and ideas, but I'm a big fan. My politics is this. If and I use the word politics because it's a common word that we all understand. You know what I'm saying? So my politics is this. Before I speak yeah. on your grass across the street, I'm gonna get my grass in order. And I'm gonna say that one more time before I lead to this next part. Before I speak to my grass in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Charleston, right? But I've been in Atlanta for almost 30 years. So I'm not speaking on what's happening in Charleston because I'm not in Charleston. I got to deal with what's happening right here in my front yard in Atlanta, first and foremost. So the rules that apply in Charleston don't always apply in Atlanta. They don't. So the second we minimize something and say it's not color-based, we lying to ourselves. Because if those were white boys in Atlanta doing that, white boys from Buckhead, Midtown, from some other part of Atlanta, this would be a whole different conversation we would be having. So I'm not about to minimize the reality of being black in Atlanta. And I understand being black everywhere is a challenge. I'm going to let you finish. Let me me finish. I Mm -hmm. want to even clarify even what was said, you know, just to even add this to the context. Stopping someone Mm -hmm. from having a lemonade stand versus these kids are now risking arrest is the difference. So, right. yeah, they may stop people in other communities, but they ain't arresting other people in other communities for something right. as simple as this. Go ahead with your thoughts, though, King. I just wanted to throw right, that in there. Right, right. Yeah, so when we look at dealing with our situations here, and I and I honestly, I get it. But like I said, my politics is if my grass right here isn't in order, if my children in my own house ain't in order, I can't come outside telling nobody to, to do nothing with their kids because I have three of them, and I raised my three. You know what I'm saying? And I'm still raising them even though they're finished right. out of high school. So it's easier for me to transition and work with these young brothers because I do it in real time. So that's one of my pet peeves about people throwing advice out. You know what I'm saying? Like your advice ain't connected to the reality of the situation. You might want to pipe some of that down. I get it. However, we got to deal with the need. Hunger, need. Brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, moms, dads, grandparents are unemployed, underemployed. The symptoms are, once again, these kids being out here on these street corners selling water. Those are the symptoms. So let's put some of our, if not most, of our energy at treating the the, the uh, disease because that will fix that. Those, you think enough. those kids don't want to be home eating and playing Nintendo or whatever the video game thing is, having a good time in a healthy space? You think they want to be out there hustling? No, they don't. So as adults, let's be adults. And as as government officials, be real about what either you don't give a damn or you do. I know you don't give a damn, so that's why I call you out. That's why I snatch you by the collar and pin you up against the wall because you're going to admit that. So then we can at least move forward. But if you want to play these games, you got to play these games with somebody else because I ain't scared of nobody. So I'm going to snatch you by your collar, and you're going to admit that so we can move forward. And the money is going to, like the sister said, they got to turn money back. 
You get grant money for the workforce in Atlanta, and the thing don't even work because of nepotism, colorism, and every other ism that allows for Atlanta to put these institutions together and these programs together, and they can't even make them run, run right because they got their aunts and their brothers and their cousins and their soros and their frat brothers running shit and don't even know what the hell they're doing. Tell me I'm lying. Hey, strong thoughts. No, you're not. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, as, I, as I'm getting involved and getting more connected, I'm seeing a little, a lot of what you're saying. Let's get one more caller, uh, brother. Let me check with you as well. I just want to be fair to you. Um, how long are you with us so, um, so I can just kind of gauge Yeah, that, I mean, um, I'm here. As well. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Kind of, okay, cool. I didn't know if you needed to go at the top of the hour. I just wanted to check. All right, let's get to a caller and see what they yeah. got. Uh, Kevin out of South, out of South Carolina, what you, how you doing, King? What you got for What's your three minutes? What's going on, King, brother? Let me, let me go ahead and rip this up because I know you got to get through. Now, what you're looking at, the destruction of black boys, breaking the spirit of young black men. This what this is about. And the gatekeepers who hold on and maintain white supremacist ideology and ways. The boule class. Let me ask a quick question. I'm going to let you finish. I want to ask a quick question. I just want to, I want to ask a quick question. My question real quick, this is based on what you just said. And I'm not saying it can't happen, but I just want to think about the fact that you're saying in Atlanta you think it's about the destruction of black boys. I'm not. I just want to hear you. I just want to throw that out there as a thought in reference to you going into this point. Even in Atlanta, not you think a, that's the, the destruction. Not just Atlanta. Atlanta specifically, that's fair. I just wanted did you feel like the, uh, the yes. black mecca yes. was taking part in this as well. I, that's what I wanted to understand yes. from. Yeah, that's what I mean by the. Okay, go ahead, King. I just wanted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me. Let All me right, go ahead, brother. Just check it. The gatekeepers are the boule class, the so-called educated class, the so-called we done made it class. Those the Herman Cain's in the in the, even the bourgeoisie. Those are the ones they hate our kids just as much as the, the the white man do. And that's what you see translating in many of these cities, especially the black cities. They're some some of the harshest on our own people. Because, like I said, in order for them to win, they must be that so-called conservative. And they put, they rain down like fire on our people. See, we got to understand, anytime you destroy the youth and their entrepreneurship and their, uh, uh, in, you know, well, how they said, kids are not trained. They're trained to repeat like robots. They're not trained to think. That's why they took art out of the schools. You understand what I'm saying? Because they create things. Boys do that. That's why it's always been about stopping the babies. If it's from Planned Parenthood and abortion, I mean, if the miseducation for kids, they go by the, the, what, the fourth grade level of where they're going to put prisons at of young black boys. All the mm-hmm. way down, it's always been about the babies at the end of the day. And, man, y'all brothers, man, keep doing what you're doing. Keep your foot on the gas while you got your foot on there. You know what? <laughs> but I'll let y'all go and get to the other callers, brother. Thank y'all for doing what you do. Now, like I said, our babies need you. Thank you. Thank you so much, King. I'm still pushing pressure to get the mental dialogue.com and make sure we stay on the air. I'm going to keep pressing you on hey, that. Hey, Thanks hey, a lot. hey, hey, hey. I, I want to ask you about that. I, I need an address. Okay. Because I want to send it to you. I don't, you know, the, the annual thing. Okay, I, I got you. You don't like to do the internet. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So, um, I'll inbox look, you. Look, I'll I'm, inbox you. Or either call yep, me or text me on my number. Okay, yeah, I'll take it down and I'll text you. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for that. Appreciate you, Kevin, you, for getting in. One of, another one of our regular callers. No, absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. 
We actually at the top of the hour, um, one eight seven. We'll get to you coming out of the break. Uh, so glad to have special guest Casey and uh, Okiba with us for this morning's discussion. What should be done about the ATL Water Boys in playing this new cut by Taylor Pace for Little Mama for my sponsor, Square Biz Entertainment. Appreciate them providing a little tunes for this morning's discussion. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Taylor Pace, find that song on all music streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music. Again, I'm a big fan of Square Business Entertainment, R&B music that they're bringing back to life, if you will. So I definitely appreciate their sponsorship, but I actually do enjoy the tunes myself. Again, this is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, what should be done about the ATL Water Boy special guest? Casey Bennings, as well as Akiba Zavallo. Uh, we actually have another caller, so let's go ahead and jump to the caller and get their three cents on this morning's discussion. Area code 404-LAST-3187. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Yes, this is Sherdan from Atlanta. And I just, you know, would like to say a lot of times the city talks about small business and the nation talks about the importance of small business and entrepreneurship and all this good stuff. And, and so when they say they're going to put together a council, my first thought is that how much is that going to cost? Like how much are you going to pay each of those individuals to have this conversation when you can take that money and either, A, give it directly to these young men and pay them immediately for different things or invest it in small businesses to cover the wages of hiring these young men that way, we elevate the small black businesses in our community, give them the tools that they need, which are the extra hands, 
and we give these young men the ability to work directly with an entrepreneur so they can prepare for their journey and their future. So we're hiring people to figure out what to do with them when it's an easy fix. Take the money that you're going to pay these people to have the conversation about it and invest it in the the cost of wages within small businesses that can hire them. And we can host a large small business um, summit or hiring job fair for these kids to come out and they figure out what company they want to work for. And when they find a company, then the state or the city can give funds to cover the cost of their wages. Seems like an easy fix to me, but you you fix things that you want to fix. Yeah. Now, well, yeah, that's yeah. key, very key. What you just said, um, I think Casey mentioned that when she just mentioned the idea, uh, you know, that if they wanted something done, they would. But Akiba, if you would, uh, this is your area of expertise. So, any mm-hmm. thoughts to what Shadon had to say um, this morning? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that's the uh, back part of dealing with the uh, disease. And once again, like the the main part of this conversation has to be centered. Like, if we're gonna fix it. It has to be centered around fixing the household first. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I won't say first because there are multiple things happening all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't fix the household with food programs, entrepreneurship support, employment support, community, real community programs, like dealing with gang relations, because throughout the course of this hour, we hadn't even spoken about that part of the reality. You know what I'm saying? As far as like right. the, the neighborhood gang situations and some kids are being pushed out in order to work for gangs because it's a profitable situation. So you got to be really honest and really transparent about fixing the disease and then roll to the the symptoms in regards to employment placement for the kids, this, that, and the third. And I'm not going to isolate and say only do one because it has to be like it's a five-step process that has to work all at the same time if we're really going to deal with it. Now, and, but and, at the center no, of okay, but that makes sense. I'm just in ref yeah, I'm just in reference to, you know, this suggestion in a sense from a Shadun being an entrepreneur you know, I know that she's an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. so that's probably why this suggestion is being you know, laid out there. So just specifically if 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 what she's saying is one of the five, if you will, uh, just any thoughts on that perspective. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll throw back and this is what we do uh, with on Mental Dialogue uh, typically, and Casey, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and you probably can as well, Akiba. I will say typically in bringing together the task force, uh, Shadun, just to throw it out there, uh, often that's just people who are already paid by our taxes and already got a salary. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, so they're not necessarily mm-hmm. paid to come together in the task force. That's just like one aspect, but I wanted to get more insight on uh, how that might be helpful, as she said, like the suggestion of uh, the city putting some of that, those funds that they do collect, and as y'all said, when they misuse it, some of it got sent back. But what about the idea of those funds even funding, um, supporting, you know, mm-hmm. kids keeping their entrepreneurship spirit and moving them into an entrepreneurship program versus the job, like Casey said in the beginning, the idea of pushing mm-hmm. them in the job is just window dressing because it goes against what they're doing Correct. anyway. So Shadon calls in as an entrepreneur and says, okay, yeah, versus putting them in the job, how, how, what's the, I, she's just kind of asking, what do y'all think about, or I'm mm-hmm. asking y'all that in, in well, as well. What do y'all think about that money being pushed towards us? Go ahead, Casey, please jump in. Yeah. No, I was going to say, that's exactly what we're doing with Hey. Right now, we are begging small business owners, private owners, hiring managers to make jobs available to these young men. We're asking preferably that they hire two at a time. 
Um, what I am not going to do to my boys is send them into environments that they do not trust by themselves at this stage. And if you can take two, great. If you can't, you can take one. We'll work with you to see what that looks like. But we're also going to help supplement the hourly rate because what we're not mm-hmm. going to do is also say mm-hmm. you're going to pay them six fifty seven dollars an hour. If that is what right. you can comfortably do to be consistent, then work with us, and then we will make the difference up. Um, because mm-hmm. you're going to just put them into another situation to say, oh, well, we gave them a job. And it's barely making ends meet because school's about to start, so they can't work full time. And so we need to make sure that we are looking at the whole entire picture. And when we help them find these part-time jobs or help them start these businesses, which is what we're also doing, so if private owners and small businesses can't step up, don't want to step up for whatever the reason, right, everybody has to make sure that they can take care of their family and their business can succeed, and a lot of small business owners are doing really the bare minimum right now to just stay afloat. So, again, that's not about shade. But if you can't or you won't, then we are helping them start their own businesses as well, you know, um, because I I just personally refuse to tell them no. And if that means i got to step outside of my comfort zone, call in experts and call in personal favors to professional networks and all that, then I'm going to do whatever is necessary to make sure that they have what they need. And the other thing that I want to mention is that um, a lot of times you see them rolling in these, these groups because there's safety in numbers. And when they can't get out there, I have quite a few of these young men who call me and just say, Miss Casey, can you come pick me up? It is 930 in the morning. I'm like, what do you think we're getting ready to do? I don't know. Can I just come to your house? There have been times when they have Ubered to my home, they have scootered to my home, they have walked to my home because where they are is not safe and because they've learned to trust us enough to to depend on don't go to the strip without us. They don't have any other safe place to go. In the meantime, they will literally come and sit on my porch until I hear my dogs barking to go downstairs to see who it is and to let them in so they have a safe space. So I think Akiva wow, is that's amazing. right let me, on the let me money jump back to the call real quick, it is, Casey. It's phase. It's more oh, okay, than one thing. Absolutely. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely. But Shadon, um, strong thought. I, I, I'm just even throw this out there, and you may have heard about it. I know you partnered with Slutty Vegan recently um, yourself, um, but the brother Griggs who had called in, he mentioned that um, there is some initiative um, where uh, Slutty Vegan is looking to hire. Uh, specifically even those who, for example, who have actually come out of young people that have come out of the prison system as well. So some of those initiatives are being started. I'm not saying there's enough of them, but I think that's an excellent idea. As you hear it, that's something that Casey is looking to do with their organization. And, then, you know, you, Queen, being a member of the Mr. Dollar Community Club, if they push an initiative where I could connect y'all, just know, Queen, I, will, I got your back. And the fact that you are calling and saying, can we do this, lets me know it's something you would be interested in, so I will make sure you stay abreast. Absolutely. I, I would love that. Um, I think it's amazing. And I meant to mention um, what Slutty Vegan was doing, right? And so what the other queen said earlier is that uh, the reality of it is it's not that we don't want to, but a lot of times, mm-hmm. especially during this pandemic or pandemic or whatever you want to call it, we're just trying to stay afloat. So if the city and state is trying to figure out how to support us, a lot of times it's just getting some extra hands, right? I may can afford to right. pay for one or two, but 
a lot of people can't. So how can the city support it so right. that this is not a problem mm-hmm. going forward? Because the reality of it is if we don't start to support and build up these small businesses so they can become Fortune mm-hmm. 500 companies, then we're going to continue to have kids growing up in poverty because they're not going to see people who look like them building from the ground up and know that they can do it. And I just also want to just quickly touch back when that King talked about um, us first dealing with the problem at home. I grew up in the project. Okay. I was raised in Cabrini Green in Chicago, Illinois. I experienced it all. And what I know is that there's going to be people who want help as it relates to like the parents and dealing with the household. But there was also a lot of kids that just had to figure it out on their own. And if there wasn't programs that was just focused on them and their needs, they weren't going to get out. So, yeah, it's, it's the right thing to put food back in the house and all this stuff. But if people change when they want to change. So if the kids are out here, they're showing you that they want something. So focus on the people who are directly asking for help. I'm not saying that the other ones are not. I'm just saying sometimes we're trying to backtrack and say, well, let's go take care of the home and get their parents in rehab and put some food in the house. And these kids are looking at you like, been there, done that. Like, you wasting time. I need something right now. So um, if we're going to do stuff like that, it needs to all happen at the same time, but not a let's go back to the beginning and start over and work our way back up to where we are. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm just saying been there, done that lived in the project, lived in low income, experienced it at all. And I'm telling you, some of these people, they just are who they are, but that doesn't mean that the kids can't grow up and be something great. Thank you for your three cents, Queen. Um, Akiba, I'll let you um, jump in before we um, – yeah, we'll let you jump in and respond to that. Go ahead, Queen. Okay. Yeah, definitely. When um, And I appreciate what's being said, but my point, and I want to make sure that I'm clear on this, is that it's a multi-step multi-steps at the same time format, you know what I mean? So when I say go back into the home, Mm -hmm. that's something that has to happen in order for the other parts to happen. You know what I'm saying? So if I want to put this young man in a healthy situation, I can put him in a healthy situation, but if he has to go back into a war zone, you know what I'm saying? At that same time, it's going to cancel out a lot of what's being poured into him at that point in time. So what I'm saying is, like, we're paying these tax dollars. There's money in place, and there's always money in place to do foolishness, but it's never money in place to do what we really need to do. So just like the sister and the brother has the organization, if I'm going to head that off, not head it off, but if I'm going to pump money into it, I'm, I'm, I'm finding you to head that off. I'm not dealing with the second, third, fourth generation of, of nepotism here in Atlanta to head off a situation that they're so disconnected from. And that's a part of what's wrong in Atlanta is that the people in charge of these things, these task force, I promise you, if you look at the names, you will see the names connected to so-and-so from the 1960s, so-and-so from the 1940s, so-and-so, and it's the same old thing. So my format is this, saying, okay, there's, there's like four different layers, like p- parallel layers that we have to address at the same time. Right. I'm not saying we only going to focus on the households. No, you got to do the households. You got to do the education piece. You got to do the entrepreneurship piece. You have to do the gang relations piece, food um, programs in the community. And I don't mean that prison food they like to drop off. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real Which food. Which is why we feed them every day, real food. Right, right, exactly. right, real food. And and even from that point, this it's an educational opportunity because I've owned a catering company where we service over 10,000 meals 
in uh, DeKalb County. You know what I mean? So when I open my mouth and speak on something, I'm not speaking from a theoretical place. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm one of the few in Atlanta who if I say something and when I say something, I've done it at a very high level. Because, like I said, I ain't from Atlanta. So where I'm from, you had to be able to actually do it. You know what I'm saying? So so just to be clear, I'm not saying let's just tackle that. And I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when I listen listen to both of you, uh, even what Shadon said, I I actually hear y'all saying the same thing because she mentioned, she's saying, you know, in a sense, do it all at the same time, which is kind of what I'm hearing you say Mm -hmm. as well. Um, But still, it was just a good point for her to kind of bring that to the table. And, you know, I can even say real quick before going to break, um, even having done mentorship prior to coming to Atlanta, that's what I would run into in the schools that I would mentor, like individual boys or two or whatever. It was always going, you know, what I was giving them couldn't hold up against that home environment. So I do understand that perspective as well. And again, I don't think y'all are saying anything different. It's just the nuance of it. And that's what we like to talk about here on the, on the Mental Dialogue Talk yeah. Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show for all I ask. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com, 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Uh-huh. This morning's discussion question, what should be done with the ATL Water Boys? Special guests, Casey Bennett, as well as Kibo Jubalo. Got another caller that wants to get in. Thank you, callers, for jumping and keeping us going this morning. Let's go to area code six seven eight. I think the last three two seven three. Give us your name. Where you calling from? Hey, what's up? On the air. Give us your three cents on this morning discussion. How you doing? James, James Queen is Jason Warner. I had to reach in because my brothers are on here. Sister uh, Queen, I appreciate you too. Uh, To my brother Kiba's point. About this, sorry, I, I didn't hear my get me in. I was helping the wife, but you know, to meet those needs all around for the whole child, right? We talk about tax dollars. Like, not only can we help them with the 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 issues with employment, but what about building community farms so that they can have the food that they need for hunger, right? If we talk about putting money in USDA dollars and putting money in the parks, put money into to places where they can co- help cultivate their food because we've been put, pushed in a, in a place that we've been trying to say you have to go through the system of corporate nine-to-five to survive. But if you think back 50 years ago, we were surviving because we sustained our own self. We were able to build our own food. We were able to, to excuse me, grow our own food. We were able to sustain our own communities. 
start teaching them what Killer Mike says to fish, to, to grow food, to be sustainable, and then we can knock out not only the hunger issue, but the long-term employment issue as well. Hey, thank you for the three cents, King. Um, Casey, any thoughts to what Jason? I'll tell you what comes to my mind, Casey, and again, you're a grassroots on the street, and I, and I know, Jason, you're coming from a, a broader perspective from the standpoint of, you know, in a sense, how we challenge the city to use our, use those tax dollars. I think that's where I think you're coming from. Uh, I'm thinking of it I'm from an immediate system. standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know that. So, I'm, so my challenge is not directly to you, but I'm throwing it out there because I want to get Casey's thoughts on it again. Grassroots. It's mm-hmm. the morning discussion. It's Water Boys. Uh, you know, we what, what what won't happen is the community garden tomorrow. And so, from the standpoint of what you're doing, having to make these relationships, and as you have clearly said, I'm committed to it. Uh, what's your perspective when you hear um, even these, these five pillars that I think Akiba's throwing out, if you will, are mm-hmm. these broad scope things, and I think they're I think they're great. I don't not I'm not against them at all. I just want to hear your mm-hmm. particular perspective as we deal directly with this right now, and we got a city that we don't quite know exactly what they're going to do. So how does all of this sound to you, being boots on the ground, if you will, Queen? Just any thoughts yeah. on if, if I'm making sense of what I'm asking? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think this is a perfect example of how we push back against what I call the Atlanta way. And what I mean by that is that Atlanta has everything that it needs, right? I'm born and raised in Virginia Beach, came down here to go to school, Morris Brown College, never left. And what Atlanta is good for is working in silos. And we don't band together. So as... The brother talks about a five, you know, prong plan, and I always talk about this work has to be done in phases and in stages. Then um, we have to then start to work in partnership with community, and we don't do that well here in Atlanta. Everybody wants to be the one organization that fixes all the problems, and you know, let me not share the spotlight, and I don't want to share the shine. And I think if I work with this person, they're going to get what I thought I was going to get. And our children are suffering because we will not work together. I would be very remiss and unintelligent if I thought that as dope as hate is, that we could do it all by ourselves, nor should we want to do it by ourselves. So if Akiba has a program that is around entrepreneurship, as we are building our plan, it only makes sense for me to then reach out to him after this is over to say, bring your expertise to us. Those who can work with families and work with getting the needs of the family met, that's your lane of expertise, then let's come together to build a plan to make sure that that gets done. But too many times, everybody falls between the cracks because we refuse to work together. We're too consumed and concerned about somebody getting more than we got, somebody's name being called before our name being called, if it's called at all, and then we lose sight of of the reason we're doing what we're doing. And so I think that if we could get past that and develop a new Atlanta way and really talk about community and being community and showing folks what that can manifest and what it can truly be and how we all win as a result of it, we'll begin to see life change, not just for our young people, but for their parents and grandparents and for our entire city 
and larger community as well. But we first have to be okay with working with one another. And in Atlanta, we don't do that well at all. Perfect segue to something I know about Jason Warner, this king. Uh, he's definitely a, a, a mover and shaker when it comes to community coming together. So I think I didn't know what she was going to say in response to what you had to say, Jason. But again, I think it's a perfect setup for you to knock a little home run right here. Go ahead and, uh, you know, give us one last thought about what she had to say and some of what y'all are doing. Uh, maybe, you know, I don't know if it's One Nation or who you would want to speak to, uh, but speak to that real quick before I let you go, King. Yeah, brother uh, and sister, I, I totally appreciate you. You know, part of it is we have to come together. We have to be able to say you're working on in, engaging with the young boys. Okiba's working on, on the job training. We have another group working on the sustainable for the family. That's the only way this is going to work. Uh, we have, you know, between, between uh, On the Vision and One Institution group, we're, we're helping to build that. So if you're on Facebook, look up One Institution. It's a private group. We'll get you involved. We're building these communities all across the country, um, specifically here. We're doing a lot of work here. But like my brother Okiva and Montoya is engaged. So we all have to do our parts and stay in our lanes to help the grow collective. Uh, thank you for those thoughts, King. Appreciate you. Anybody else that wants to get in, number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. So we couldn't do this show, Casey. You can't do this show and talk about it because people and, – and, and Okiba already mentioned it or whatever, but I want to talk about it a little bit more in detail. Can't talk about this show – without talking about how much these kids make. He's mentioned it from 30 to $300. Mm. That mm-hmm. is a correct number uh, when you think about the range. But I think some people think it's a bunch of them making the small money. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm bringing this up because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because three times being able to go up there and observe and meet some of the young boys and, you know, getting the wind of how they were doing. I remember the first couple of days, we, you know, we had, again, Mark's always bringing about bringing more, you know, more hands on deck. And we definitely had, you know, somebody that sometimes people there for their first time, you know, starting, you know, kind of down that path. They need to do this. Mm-hmm. They need to do that. Again, I just followed Mark's lead and built a rapport, you know, in a sense, the slow way, which was the better way. But anyway, I felt like to say that a lot of the suggestions I remember saying the second time I was out there, I was like, these kids are making too much money to listen to anything you're saying right. Mm. And uh-huh. that's what most people don't realize. And Mark's approach of building the rapport the right way is why, like you gave an example of why a kid would forego that money for something to be shown other options. Mark has gotten that mm-hmm. far with him. So I love that aspect. But let's get into, in a sense, it is the kind of money that at 14, I probably wouldn't do anything else either, regardless of what my home situation is, once I figure out. I can make that kind of money. Go ahead and speak to that part, if you will, please. Well, I, I think that is the difference of those of us who built relationships and those of us, and I'm not speaking of you, Montoya. I'm just talking general people who have never interacted yeah, with yeah, them yeah, um, yeah. In the sense that they think that it is just about the money, right? So um, I, I'm also a minister, right? And so what I know about uh, – what works for me in my spiritual life is that I can pray all day, 
But I can't call Georgia Power and say, take these prayers and my meditation and my worship and pay this bill. Money solves all problems. And if you don't have money, your problems become exacerbated, and then you do things that you would normally do to solve your problem. We see it every day, even in our own lives, when we get desperate until we get to a place where money is now not an issue for us. But for those of us who live paycheck to paycheck, we know what we would be willing to do to get money. And so the idea for them is about just getting their need met. So folks say, oh, they, they aren't going to do anything else because what else is going to pay them $300 a day? This is where relationship comes into play. There are many of them that said, hey, if I can find something consistent that I can go to and I can build a skill, I'll make $50 a day. And there's some of them are begging us to ask them to come off the street. Can you please help me find a job? Can you please help me start something? Because they realize that they are now fighting the system. We're very honest with them. When they come over to um, my home for programming, we watch the news segments. I record them all. They, they read AJC. They see what everybody is saying about them. They have put two and two together. The money is slowing up on the street because the city is telling folks not to support us. They understand. These are bright young men. They can put two and two together. And so it's more so about what can I find that's steady? And because they are not giving options and not giving other chances, the water has become how they meet the need. But what I realize and what I know and what we've been doing every day is that when we give them another option, they will always choose the better of the two. But when you provide them with no options, they're going to do what they know how to do, hands down, every time, because that is just human nature. So if we can find other ways to engage them, they'll do that. But, again, I'll go back to the point. Our personal, when I say personal, our, our mission with Hay is to not say stop selling water. If you want to sell water, you should be able to stand on this corner and sell water, and the city should be able to provide an avenue for you to do it legally. If there's others of you who saw water as just the entryway, as a quick way to make the money that you needed, but you want to do other things, it's our responsibility to get you plugged into those things as well. But it's about making sure that they have options that are valuable for them because at the end of the day, they just want to make sure that the need that they have gets met. I, I love hearing it firsthand. We're up against a break. Akiba will come to you coming out of break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. Hey. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies' gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Cause I look like money, smell like money, talk like money, even walk like 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, what should be done about the ATL water boards, as we've been hearing from Helping Empower Youth Executive Director Casey Finings, Benning, I'm sorry, as well as Akiba Jubalo from Young Black Entrepreneurs Akiba. Uh, Casey gave us that, again, firsthand detail of how these young young men Given options, they choose the better option, like most humans would. But if you're far removed, outside looking in, making assumptions, you don't think that that's what they would do. She's giving it to us firsthand. They're choosing the better options. So the effort has to be, as you've been saying, this full prong attack to solve the disease so that they can take the better option. Here's where I want to go and get your thoughts. And, 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 and looking and researching and detailing this, and again, going out with Hay a few times, uh, there are some of the kids who absolutely are exhibiting amazing entrepreneur spirits. And, again, I know you're being an entrepreneur yourself. I saw this um, one young man who did a, a full episode on the Water Boys, and he found this one particular young man who kind of already was showing the professionalism that I see of Mark and Casey teach the young boys. Uh, literally that, that corner that I, the first time I went versus just swinging by there the other day is completely different in, in how they interact on that particular intersection that they've been able to touch. But the, anyway, this one episode that followed the young, this one particular family was a bro, older brother and two younger brothers, and they literally would hit several corners because they had turned it into a business to the degree where the young man had made fifteen to 17000 within the summertime based on being so entrepreneurial about it. The father had even got involved and started, you know, foot helping with the cost, and they were able to – him and his three brothers were able to clear. And so they followed this particular young man because he was already on his own having that spirit. And so – uh, just when I when I hear that and then hear that up against what Casey's talking about as far as um, young men having to, in a sense, maintain and meet ends meet, is what do we do with that kid who that's got the spirit that we want to encourage? You know, and that, you know, I guess I hope I'm I'm hoping I'm, I'm encompassing even you know not just those who are in need but a kid like that who can take and do something with it. How do you look at that kid from your perspective being an entrepreneur? I'm sorry, Keith. I think I muted your mic. Give me a second. Sorry about that, brother. Hold on one second. Let me get him brought back to the table. Apologize. All right, here we go. Sorry about that, Keith. Go ahead. Oh no problem. But yeah, it, it, I think that falls uh, that falls into the uh, multiple layers as far as addressing what the issue is. And the issue is going to be need and opportunity. So if you have kids, you know what I'm saying, young, these young brothers and sisters who are displaying this strong entrepreneurial um, grasp and this feeling, yes, they need to go through these programs because like a lot of these young brothers, I found myself at age 10 when my dad died from lung cancer where I had to bring money into the house. You know what I mean? So I had to come through a certain pipeline and understanding the way that I think now is the way that I've always thought, but I didn't have the points of reference needed to do it legally. You know what I mean? So I started with a chili bear stand and, and depending on where you're from, 
I won't say a stand because we sold it out the back door, and that's basically frozen Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? Frozen, different flavors. Mm-hmm. So depending on your region, yeah. you call it a whole bunch of things. So I started with there. Yeah. Then I went to candy. I went to pickles. I went to the sausages. I went to everything that you can get at wholesale prices and sell right outside of my back door. But the thing is, it's just like when you see a young brother or sister who has that kind of drive, I think that falls into the program. You know what I'm saying? So he may not be under the same distress that the other cats are, but he has this talent. So Atlanta has the opportunity to be a leader in, in the in the uh, gentrification process. Because make no mistake about it, Atlanta does not want to solve this problem because there's no way possible. And when I say Atlanta, I'm talking about the city officials. There's no way possible you can fail the group that we're talking about in every sector of Atlanta, from education to arts to um, community programs to small business support. There's no way you can fail this group in every sector, and then all of a sudden, because the lights are on now, all of a sudden you want to solve the problem. No, that's not what this is. So in addressing that answer, that young brother needs to be in a part of this program. You know what I'm saying? He's He may not be in the other part of the program, just like a high school. You may not take take a workshop, but you're in the high school. You know what I'm saying? So if we put together these programs where it's across the board, with real community leaders who are doing the work outside of the government, because I promise you, I swear on everything. If you want something to not run right, let the city of Atlanta run it and manage it without having real people do it because it's a waste of money because I've been doing it long enough to tell you it's a waste of money. If they kick off the initiative with their friends and their peoples, it's not going to work because they have a proven track record of, of failing. it. So just like the organization, the sister has, that's the head of this situation and working with other people like myself, Jason Warner, yourself, and a number of different community partners that we have who work with our kitchen table money, those are the real leaders of this situation, not these government officials because they nine to five is looking at the clock, waiting on five o'clock to come so they can walk out the door. Those aren't the leaders of this situation. I love it, King. Casey, let's talk about that. And that's, you know, again, getting into solutions. Yeah. And so obviously we've highlighted the actual work you're doing, but the way I've understood Mark's approach and you can, if I say something wrong, please correct me. But ultimately, part of your fight, again, nothing's going to stop you from being out there on the boots on the ground. It's who y'all are by nature. Uh, and I love when the people says that kitchen table money, having to, like you say, you mm-hmm. put up $500, $600 to, you know, and, I, and I especially, like I know, like, well, for example, I could speak to that firsthand. And one of the days I was going out, when I, and Mark says, hey, he's sorry, it's about to rain out. I'm going to buy out all their inventory since they can't mm-hmm. make money the rest of the day. Like, so, so I, could, yep. I know you're not just talking when you say that, um, just to throw that out there. Uh, but to get into the specifics of, of a goal, and for anybody out there listening, that, especially if you're in Atlanta and may want to help, let's start talking about that part of the process because the way I understand it, uh, again, let's even put this out there, just even clarify this. Hey, has been in APS school systems doing STEM programs in like like four different mm-hmm. schools. Um, but for what I understand and talking to Mark specifically, uh, because this was becoming a city issue, he cares about his community, mm-hmm. uh, already having that program, he just decided kind of on his own, let me go out here and at least affect the boys that live near me. So it was just something that he started, yeah. you know, kind of, you you know, y'all started doing just kind of on your own because you care about the community. It probably is evolved into a a lot more than what you probably even expected because, again, he just wanted to affect yeah. one corner. Now he's affecting 
a whole lot more. Anyway, I'm going all I'm mm-hmm. going all through this because part of the reason that I understand that y'all have been following the councils, waiting for their initiatives and what they want to do is because I think it tell me if I'm wrong, but the goal for your grassroots organization is to one, have influence on where the money goes. And the way Mark broke mm-hmm. it down to me, we as the community here in Atlanta, we can eventually get involved in trying to ensure that it doesn't go to those nine to fivers, as Akiba just alluded huh. to. Can you speak to those details? I definitely want to end, mm-hmm. you know, this and the next segment getting into how the community can help you, help you guys out in this manner. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's absolutely right. So, you know, just to be completely transparent and clear, we're not advocating that whatever they have comes just to hang. We're advocating that whatever money is available goes to grassroots organizations, to programs that have a proven track record, um, and let me be even more clear, to programs that are not run by city officials or government agencies. Um, and it's important because we have a more clear view and perspective of how those funds can be best used and most effective because we are in it every day. Um, When you're making decisions just based on information that has been sent to you, you don't have a full picture. You don't have a full understanding of how one small decision that you think is insignificant can either topple this whole thing or make it more challenging for those of us on the ground um, or make it open and available so let me let me back up. The recommendations went out yesterday. There's a link on the website that allows any and everybody um, to submit their information and to submit their proposal and their plan to get a piece of this money. What I am very nervous about is back to what Akiba said earlier, is that folks who are making these decisions are then going to see their friends' stuff come through, thinking I can, you know, slide a little something over here, slide a little something over there. And, again, those of us who've been doing the work get shut out again. And so um, I understand you know, there are some hidden gems someplace and because they don't have big mouths like me and they don't have the network that we have to be able to get in front of folks. Um, I'm not saying that they're not able to get what they need to grow their organization. I'm just very leery about this open process um, about getting to these funds. And so what I encourage people to do is to call your city council person, especially if you live in Atlanta City proper. Call your city council person, hold them accountable for how they vote, hold them accountable for what, they, what side of the line they choose um, when it comes to this type of work. And if you know of small grassroots, boots on the ground type of organizations, make that plain so that when the list comes out of who was funded and you don't see your folks on there that you know has shown up in the stead of a parent or a grandparent and has been at school meetings and been on corners and has fed these children – then we have something that we can then hold them accountable for. But it's, I just, it's asinine to me to think that we can just continue business as usual and not find ways to hold people accountable. Again, I have no problem. Um, as much as I want people to, um, you know, have a respectful relationship with me, I don't care nothing about nobody liking me at this point because mm-hmm. these young people's lives are hanging in the balance. And I'm going to do whatever is necessary to make sure that they get what is owed to them. Um, 
but it's really important for community to step up. Um, again, I've been working in nonprofit for a long time. I've worked for Hands on Atlanta, Points of Life, Families First, the Cab County Office of Youth Services. I've worked with some of the larger organizations here. I've rewritten curriculum for the Boys and Girls Club on a national level. I'm not new to youth development work. And if we continue to do youth development work the same way we've been doing it, we're going to have the same problems that we see today, tomorrow. So one, we need to chuck everything and start over, and we need to innovate and get creative for what these children are dealing with right now. And then the last thing that I'll say is that community has to own their part of it. Find an organization. It doesn't have to be mine. Find an organization and do a recurring donation of at least $5. Do something because it takes money to do good. And I don't know why people think that feeding them is free, why getting them home is free, making sure that they're safe is free. None of this is free. And, you know, by God's good grace, we have what we need every day to make it happen. But find an organization, even if it is $5, set a recurring donation to make sure that that organization is funded and funded well so they can continue to do what the city and the school system wants. What's the, how do they get that five dollars to you? Again, I know you stress it don't have to be hate, but um, I, mm-hmm. I, my 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 community club and longtime listeners know uh, I make a real effort in vetting who I deal with, and and I know y'all are doing the work. I've seen it firsthand. So right before we go to this break, and we'll let you do it again. But while we're talking about it, if somebody wanted to give mm-hmm. that reoccurring donation, where do they do that? Do that at before we go to this break. Yes, they can go to helpingempoweryouth.org. There's a donate button um, just about on every page that you click on to make it super easy for you. Or you can go to paypal.me forward slash heyatlanta. You can also send it via cash app, um, dollar sign, helping empower youth. Hey, love it. We'll go through, we'll, we'll say we'll get it out again on the next segment. I just want to, while we were talking about it, let's let them hear it right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly at 404-404-604-9477. Appreciate Big Sis Media, Money and Mo- Money Motivation, LNG Technologies, 
as well as Square Business Entertainment for being our sponsors. We definitely thank them for that support, but you as an individual can go to mentaldialogue.com and keep Intelligent Radio on the air if you appreciate what we're doing. Please consider visiting the website and becoming a supporter. Uh, This morning's discussion question, what should be done about the ATL Waterboy special guest, Casey Bennings, as well as Akiba Dubalo. Well, we, what you were talking about prior to the break, I want to dig and peel this all the way back and challenge the community because, Casey, as you said, the community has to play their part. And so we are in an election year. Uh, Akiba, you know, I thank you for, in a sense, uh-huh. being uh, jumping in on sudden, you know, kind of last-minute notice to get on this show because, um, you know, Mark, to his credit, he had been working to possibly have someone who was on the council or on the task force uh, we had talked about possibly getting one of them on, but as it be, as this situation has become more political right now, uh, they don't want to be public with where they're at with things or whatever. So I appreciate you, one, let me throw that out there for coming in, you know, kind of last-minute notice to be on this show. Uh, but with all of that said, I want to challenge the community to, if, you, if you're out there listening and you like what you're hearing or you like what a Casey just broke down on, you know, how do we make sure her her organization gets it, versus these organizations that are going to basically not make the best use of the money. I want to challenge the community to understand when you hear the term politics is local, this is when it applies. Because obviously we're caught up in the national election and what happens uh, with the 2020 election, but politics is local. And this is where you make your difference by paying attention to what's going on locally. And if we're out here saying we're seeing these border boys, because as I was Preparing for this, people were like, yeah, you need to cover this subject because we're seeing these boys in influx for all of the reasons that Akiba and Casey have beautifully laid out. Uh, you know, their backgrounds are this. This is why we're seeing such an influx, and people got to go past the lip service of it needs to stop or what can we do when your part will include, and this is what I hope to help with, with the Mental Dialogue Community Club, and Casey, I know she'll keep me abreast. But what I hope to help with, because I asked Mark to do this on a Zoom call about this very issue last week, is as the council is coming down with these decisions, if, if in a sense, I know y'all are doing a lot right now, but if, if there could be some guidance given via social media on what somebody like me, myself as a citizen, what should I be saying that makes sense? Because that helps galvanize people to say, okay, when I call my council, I've never called a council member before, but this is an issue that I see firsthand in my community. would like to make sure they don't just start sweeping, you know, especially sweeping these young brothers and putting them in the system all because of selling water. We all agree that makes no sense. We all agree there's a lot behind that symptom versus the disease. Well, if you're out there listening, I'm going into this monologue, if you will, this diatribe to kind of challenge, as KC's already said, to really put perspective on what does that look like. So if we could peel back, as a matter of fact, I'm going to jump it back to Akiva because you've already mentioned this, KC, but in sharing with somebody out there listening who says, okay, it seems important, but maybe they've never called a council person. Maybe they, they, their role in voting has been not, you know, just voting, no sense of how to hold a council person accountable. Break that down. You do it every day, but break it down for somebody who's never considered doing it, if you will, Akiba. What do you think that looks like in your opinion? 
I think one of the things that, um, and the sister spoke about the Atlanta way, and for those who aren't aware of the Atlanta way, I would say Atlanta only does the right thing when they're A, embarrassed, or B, it makes them look good. Those are your only two options, primarily to get these folks, city council, mayor, any of the the ribbon-cutting figureheads to actually do something, it's going to be that A or B. Embarrass them or make them look good. Now, they have the opportunity to to look good if they work with community leaders like the sister that's online with us, you know what I'm saying, and other community people who are doing it with the kitchen table money. So if you're going to call any of your council members, don't call for them to solve the problem because they created the problem and they maintain the problem. Call for them to get connected with those in the community who are actually doing the work with their kitchen table money. So then you'll see a different action happen. You know what I mean? Because one of the reasons why they don't ignore me is because I have a, a blowhorn, megahorn, loud enough, connected enough where they don't want me coming for them in a certain way because I've made it clear. I'm not afraid of you putting a bullet in me. You know what I'm saying? Because if I see you coming, I'm sending one back your way. You know what I'm saying? Or a few back your way. So that's how passionate I am about the reality of these circumstances. So if you want to contact them, make sure you contact them and say, look, we have a list of people that we want y'all to work directly with. Do not give us the same local jokers y'all have been fooling with year after year because y'all have a proven track record of failing the people in Atlanta. You have not, And this ain't Okiba's opinion. This is fact. When you look at income gaps, when you look at the education, community pr- programs, you look at all these things that build up communities. They have a proven track record of not doing the right thing. How does Atlanta have 46 years worth of black mayors and nothing is in place for the people. 46 years of black mayors and nothing's in place. So don't tell me they know what they're doing on on behalf of us because they don't, not in a healthy way. So I, that's what I would tell them. Contact somebody in the community and, yeah, and go from there. No, no, I love the thoughts. And I'm, and I'm going to clean it up for the actual call. Um, and I and I hope Casey you would agree with this, and you can kind of jump in this as well, because again, if you know, again, politics is local. Here's your influence. Uh, believe it or not, they will listen if enough of us do it. You do have your one vote. Here's your one vote. It's powerful along the way, not just on the day that you vote, but along the way. Uh, this is an issue again we see firsthand in our community. And if we all agree, and I'm saying this again, if we all agree, we don't want to see the city just sweeping these boys off the street mm-hmm. and now putting them in the mm-hmm. system to say, hey, now we've solved it. Because, again, we talked about that from the beginning. If if the kids are just not out there, Atlanta be, will be fine and dandy still not worrying about what's happening at home for these kids. So with that said, challenging the community, I, I'm going to clean that call up. The call is to say, hey, um, I understand that the city is trying to offer some type of initiative for these young boys out there. Sell them. You can say, I see them out there every day. Um, I would encourage you, um, council, you know, man, council woman, uh, there's helping empower youth, this organization. I know they're out there with them every day. Can we ensure whatever the city is doing includes them? I think that's a call you might appreciate, Casey. Talk to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, just want to make sure that 
We are giving folks an opportunity who are hitting all areas of the city, right? I have friends on the ground doing similar work um, over on the south side, east side of Atlanta. Um, but, yes, if you know specifically that there is an organization like a hey that is doing the work, say their name. <laughs> Call them out in a good way with your city council person because then that gives another level of accountability. When you just say find an organization on the ground for fun, well, that's real generic. That can go either way, and now you don't have anything to go back and say, but as a constituent, I asked you to support hey, or I asked you to support you know, X, Y, and Z. And so it's really important that you um, ensure you're specific in your ask. Um, and in that, it gives us an opportunity to go back and say, look, this is what the community wanted. So now you have to be accountable for doing the exact opposite and giving us the reasons why. Because said number of people asked for X, Y, and Z, you chose to do A, B, and C, and you can't just do that without giving any accountability or any reason why. Um, and we have to start holding our elected officials accountable. We can no longer just complain and fuss and cuss and talk about what they ain't doing when we have it well within our power and our right to ensure that they do the right thing. But we don't exercise that power because enough of us are not exercising it on a consistent basis for them to have to then act upon. And that's what we see. We see them do what they want because we call one time and we let it go. Or it's an issue that affects 100 people, but only three people call. We have to understand that in order for us to get what is rightfully ours, we have to put the pressure on them. And that's, again, not in just saying it. I don't want to just simply agree with you. I'm just spending this last segment technically walking people how to do this. This is a perfect time. I hope to reach out to this brother, Horace Williams. I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, but he has an app. And, um, and if I don't mind, if one of you can actually try to find it on your phone, because, again, I'm conducting, most of you don't know this, I'm conducting this show from my phone as well. So if y'all could, right. while we're on the air, I want people to hear about this. Look up an app, if you can, on your Google Play Store called Empowered. And it's, I'm hoping I'm spelling it to you correctly, but it's E. M-P-O-W-R-D. So leave out the two E's. Okay. The, two se- the, the, the second and third E. If you could if you mm-hmm. tell me if you see that right quick, because I want to let people that are listening, this app will help with what you and I are talking about right now. I just want to, so you're able to mm-hmm. find it. I see okay. Empowered Leader Tool. So everybody listen. Uh-huh. So Empowered, for everybody out there listening, this is an app by Horace Williams that if you download it, it will show you your direct line of council people locally all the way to the president. That's, it does other mm-hmm. things too, but it is an app for you to easily say, well, I don't know who my council person is. This app will show you based on your zip code. So go download Empower, E-M-P-O-W-R-D, leave out two E's, and it can help you do that. In this last 30 seconds, both of you, if you will, um, any public information you want to give out, you both have 30 seconds each to give out public information for how people can stay in contact with what you're doing. Um, um, Akiba, I'm going to let you start, and Casey, you can end this off. Go ahead real quick and let people know how they can follow what you're doing. Akiba, thank you for being on this call. Yeah. Yeah, I would say go to okibajabalo.com, and that will take you to Wabi Magazine. That will take you to everything that I'm involved in, the um, Atlanta Exhibition, 
everything that I'm doing is O-K-E-E, B as in Bishop, A as in Apple, J-U-B-A-L-O.com. Or you can just Google me. Absolutely. I will put it up with the replay of the show for anybody out there listening. I will put that up. Go ahead, Casey, if you will, give people how they can support Hey as well. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you for being on this morning. Uh, you can, yeah, you can find us at helpingempoweryouth.org. Again, helpingempoweryouth.org. You can email us um, at programs at helpingempoweryouth.org and definitely find us on all social media, um, Hey underscore Atlanta. Thank y'all so much. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Uh, Thank you.